welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today our guest is Justin Dixon. And Justin has a background where he actually left his stable six-figure salary job to start his own recruiting firm, Hire Tomorrow, and a real estate investing business, Great Venture Capital. And over the last three years, he's been able to grow his recruiting business to a very sustainable level and has been able to acquire over 650 multifamily units as a general partner across four different states. So Justin, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Yeah, no, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Justin, can you give us a little bit more of an insight to your background and how you got started with real estate? Yeah. So I grew up kind of in a very small town in central Pennsylvania. My financial acumen or kind of what I was taught was kind of what a lot of people are taught is get a good job, work there for 30 or 40 years, and hope you have enough in your 401k to retire comfortably. Right. And so I was marching down that path, went to college, and then moved to Philadelphia and fell into the recruiting space and was just kind of punching the clock W2 all up until kind of mid 2018. I had stumbled upon the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and was listening to it on my walk to and from work. And I got to the end of it and I kind of was a light bulb moment for me and was just like, I was married. I was thinking about my wife. I was like, what are we doing with our time, with our money? We need to kind of shift our thought process and what we're doing. But I was also a little nervous because I instantly had that kind of mindset shift and I was nervous that maybe she wouldn't, right? And so there's always that if one person wants to go one way, you got to make sure that we're both on the same page. So I was like, hey, just read this book, listen to this book and let me know what you think. And so she read it over, listened to it over a week or so and had the same reaction of like, what are we doing? And all we're doing is just working for the man. We're investing in a 401k. We have no control over that. So we need to think differently. And so we started looking at investment properties and real estate. And I didn't want to go after the single family rental because I thought they were too risky by only having one unit and one tenant. So if that tenant left, you're on the hook for the full mortgage. And we were not, we were W2 workers, but we weren't making millions. So we wanted to make sure that we could find a property that was in our budget, but also had multiple units so that if one unit wasn't rented, at least the other two or three could kind of float the mortgage far as it goes. So we looked for two to four unit properties in Philadelphia, which is where we were living at the time. Couldn't find anything that was in our budget. Uh, And also we didn't want to find anything that needed to be like renovated. We were not handy. I didn't know any contractors. So I wanted something that was fairly turnkey. Ended up Googling like, what are the best real estate markets to invest in for multifamily? And this was again, kind of early 2019. And the normal players came up, the Floridas, the Texases, the Georgias, but also Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania came up. And so I was like, huh, that's on the other side of the state. My mother grew up in Pittsburgh. So I had some affinity and some know-how of the city. And so I just reached out to a realtor and said, hey, I'm a new investor. This is what I want to do. And I'm not local. So I need you to help me find things. He was like, cool. So he would literally walk around these apartment, these duplexes and take videos of the tour. And then, hey, I think this one's good or bad. We did that like four or five, six times and then landed on one and bought it. 
and we still own it today. And it's doing quite well. We had a little hiccup during COVID with people paying rent and, and all that fun stuff. But we realized very quickly after we bought that duplex, we weren't independently wealthy. And I didn't know how to kind of scale two units. Buying two units every year is like a slog. It's a long haul. So we were consuming a lot of content at that point. So we were listening like Bigger Pockets, other podcasts, reading books. If you've ever listened to Bigger Pockets, every episode has somebody that's super experienced and super passionate about a specific area of real estate, whether it's fix and flip or mobile home parks or self-storage or multifamily. So we started to kind of chase the shiny object a little bit, going after writing letters to mobile home park owners, to single family house owners, because we were going to just like burr them and all this stuff. And then it kept coming back to scale and syndications. And so this is kind of wrapping up and I hate to go too deep in this. We can kind of pick this out a little bit more, but we found syndication kind of late 2019, early 2020. And to date, we've been able to invest passively in over 1,200 units. We've been able to be co-GPs on over 650. And how we've been co-GPs is we've been helping other people invest passively in deals. So we're investor relations, raising capital for other people's deals. And it's been quite successful at this point. And it's a lot of fun to be able to share what I've learned over the last three and a half years that there are other options for somebody that is a W-2 worker that loves their job or hates it maybe, but they make good money and they want to have other options to invest passively other than just the 401k and the stock market. So I'll kind of pause there. We can jump in any of that other stuff that I mentioned. So So syndications is what you're focused on now after you bought your first duplex. That's right. When you got into syndications, was it first as a limited partner or did you jump in on the general partner side? So it was our first investment in the syndication space was as a limited partner. But I had already back up two steps. At the end of 2019, my goal was to leave my W-2 job. I had been recruiting the entire time and I wanted to start a recruiting business. And the thought was, if I leave the W-2, I can at least make enough money with my recruiting business to essentially replace my salary but it would also give me a lot more time to focus on multifamily real estate because I wanted to be an active investor. I wanted to find deals. I wanted to bring deals to the table so and build a team and all of that. And so when I quit my job in January of 2020, which if we all know what happened in 2020, it was not a great time to start a recruiting business because COVID screwed that all up. So, But the benefit of that is I joined a syndication group and got a mentor. And so I took kind of most of 2020 to really understand the underwriting of large multifamily, 150 plus unit apartment complexes. So, and that's where I thought of, so, okay, if I can find a deal, the old adage is if you find a good deal, money will come, right? And so my goal was like, hey, I don't have the money, I don't have the network, but I have the time to go find deals. And so I started underwriting and got really good at underwriting, but then I thought, okay, well, if I'm gonna find a deal and I'm gonna bring it to people, I need to know what the process is as a limited partner to invest in a deal so I can explain it to them so that they feel more comfortable giving some money to the deal and and investing in it. So our first deal was as a limited partner, we actually learned that you could take an old 401k that you had with a previous company that you worked for and move that into a self-directed IRA. And then you can use that money to invest as a passive investor in that real estate deal. You can't be an active participant, but Eileen, if you found a deal and I wanted to passively invest, I could use that self-directed IRA and do that. And so that was our first entry point into... Actually, our first two deals were passive 
with self-directed IRAs from previous companies. So that helped us kind of learn the process so that when we started to talk to investors and to talk to our friends about what we were doing, because nobody in my friend group was doing what we were doing, it was it was a little bit easier to kind of talk through, yeah, buying shares, your each deal has its own LLC and, and all the other fun stuff. So that was a long-winded answer saying, yes, our first <laughs> investments were, were passive. <laughs> So you also mentioned that you got into a mentorship group in syndications. There are so many different types of groups out there. They offer different values for every single different group. How did you personally look at the types of groups and what you wanted to gain from that mentorship program that made it a right choice for you? Yeah. So when I started to think about, okay, instead of chasing the shiny object, I'm going to narrow focus on syndications. I joined a Slack channel group that effectively gave you access to a, an analyzer because analyzing these deals is not as easy as it is to analyze a two to four unit apartment complex, right? So I got access to this interesting analyzer. It had some, the initial group I joined had some online courses kind of show you how to use the analyzer and how to plug in the data from the properties. And I quickly realized that, yeah, sure, I could figure out how to take the information from a T12 and a rent roll and put it in its analyzer, but I had no ecosystem to take down a deal, even if I found one that looked good. So I started researching more robust programs with mentors that I could talk to and interact with, and that also had track record in multifamily syndications and multifamily investing, because you need track record, you need credibility, you need net worth, you need liquidity to take down these deals and qualify for loans, right? So I did some research and I found a few that I thought were good. I talked to the coaches of the coaching program. So I was brought in from the marketing from the top guy, but I quickly realized that most of these programs, I don't know all of them, so I can't speak to all of them, the ones that I talked to, you get zero interaction with the guy, with the person that is the brand you have to work with one of his or her coaches, right? And then somebody on Bigger Pockets Forum had posted a couple of real estate conferences because I was looking at, okay, I need to start to learn and be around these people. So I wanted to find a real estate conference. And she mentioned another group that I start reached out to and assumed it looked and felt from the outside like all the other ones that I'd researched. And so I put in my request on their website that I was interested in learning more that mentor name, the, the guy reached back out and said, yeah, let's schedule a call. And I assumed it was an admin or somebody EA or something. It was him. And then he's like, yeah, let's schedule calls. And I assumed again, also that I was going to talk to a coach, but it was actually him. And so I was like, oh, cool. This is a smaller group. It's not mass market. I get access to the guy and he has the normal online curriculum. He's got his own analyzer, but it felt more like a one-to-one mentorship, even though he has a hundred or so people in the group at that point. But I had his phone number, I had his email, he was super responsive. And so I've been able to kind of accelerate my investing kind of timeline because of joining this group. And I've met some really awesome people in the group that I'm still friends with. We still look for deals together. We still, I invest with people because some of the people are more of an operator and they find deals faster. So I like the group because it not only gave me the foundation of how to underwrite, how to raise capital, how to build a network, they also had an ecosystem within the group that I could tap into. If I did find a deal, I could take it to Mark and say, hey, Mark, I think this deal looks good. What do you think? He said, yep, let's do it. 
he would say, okay, we need to raise money. So we need to bring in these three people from the group to help raise capital and be investor relations, right? I already have the legal team that can help us write up all the docs. I already have a mortgage lender that can help us or a broker to help us find bridge debt or fixed rate debt. So I kind of was just plugged right into this ecosystem so that if I did find a deal, I could quickly take that deal down and kind of build a team around it. So then also, I just like that paying a lot of money because these programs are not inexpensive. I wanted to have the access to the person because that's where you're going to get the most value, in my opinion. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. So after you invested as a limited partner in your first deal, and then you decided to the general partnership side of things, it sounded like you were first capital raising as well to bring in some capital into the partnership. How did that conversation go? Because I know you mentioned also nobody around your network had heard about syndications. So how did you start building out that network of potential investors? I had to get over imposter syndrome first because my brand up until that point was Justin is a recruiter. That's what I do. I've been doing that my entire career. And so uh, mentally get over the fact that if I'm reaching out to somebody that knows me as the recruiter, they may they don't know what I've been doing over the last, you know, maybe year or so at that point to gain the knowledge about real estate investing. So I had to mentally get over that myself. But then I just started talking to people about what I was doing in a way that was just like you would say to somebody, hey, ask you, what do you do for a living? I would say, oh, I'm a real estate investor. And I also have a recruiting business. And so when I started to kind of position it that way, people were like, oh, what does that mean? You're a real estate investor. Because the people that I would talk to originally were like, oh, did you know, do you buy, do you fix and flip? Do you kind of do the single family stuff? And I said, no, I go after like 100 plus unit apartment complexes. And some people that was too much for them to grasp because like, oh, that's over my head. Other people are like, oh, tell me more. And the funny thing is, I kind of started to think about my friends and my kind of tier one, tier two friends, people that I know really well and people that I kind of know, have worked with, whatever. And I was like, okay, this person probably would invest because I kind of knew some of the people I actually recruited. So I actually helped them get a job because I was in the recruiting world. So I kind of knew what they made. I kind of had an idea of how their investment strategy or philosophy was. And the people that I thought would be ready to go investors weren't. And a few people that I was like not anticipating being investors, one of my buddies I golfed with a lot, he was my first investor. And I was super nervous to kind of like when I said I was, when I would commit to this deal and said I would raise capital, I was nervous because committing to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I just talked to my network and just said, hey, here's what I'm doing. Here's why I'm investing my own money because I invested my own money in the first few deals that I raised capital on because I wanted people to feel comfortable that, okay, if Justin's putting his money into it, at least that makes me feel better that if the deal goes south or something, at least he's 
at risk also. And I started talking to people and people were like, oh yeah, no, I'm not interested right now. And then my buddy was like, oh yeah, I'm interested. Let's do it. Where do I sign eventually? And so got a few people into the first deal and I'm building my engine now. Like I'm building my database, I'm building my systems and tools, which we can talk about. But the first one was just me talking to people that I knew about what I was doing and, and allowed them to ask more questions because I never wanted to be a salesperson. I don't want to sell these opportunities because I don't want people to get into it and feel like, I don't know if that was the right move. I want them to rather have them opt out and maybe invest down the road than get into something that they don't feel comfortable with. So talking about systems and tools, what are some of the systems that you're using right now to maintain and track your investors and the different um, opportunities that you're partnering with? Yeah. So over the last probably year, I started to invest in a website. So I worked with a web developer to kind of help me build a more... The website I originally had, I built with Wix, which it, I'm not a web designer. So it was uh, okay. Invested some money in that to get a more professional website. One of the things that they also helped me set up was automations with email campaigns. So essentially, if you go onto my website, greatventurecapital.com, and you join our newsletter or you join our investor club, you're automatically enrolled in a drip campaign. So at least in part of that drip campaign is more education. So some people that come to my website either have never invested before, or maybe they've done one or something different in real estate. And so they may not know all the terminology, all the ins and outs of investing in multifamily. So part of that drip campaign is part education for them to get up to speed so that when I send them a deal after I have built a substantive relationship with them, if I don't know them already, at least I'll have some idea of what's going to be coming at them as far as deals are concerned. So I use active track for or sorry, active campaign for our email automation and our CRM. So that's where I track all my emails and all my contacts in there. And then from a deal distribution, the group that I'm in uses Syndication Pro. So that's where we load all of our deals into both deals that we're raising on and also deals that are closed. And then if you're the lead sponsor or the asset manager, then you're loading up kind of the monthly newsletters and the monthly update for the deals so that all the GPs and LPs receive that information. So those are the main systems and tools that I'm using. I'm looking at bringing in more of a marketing team to help me kind of build some more some more consistent kind of social and stuff like that. I've also launched a podcast. So, you know, I'm trying to get a little bit more out there because I'm not the most social person in the world when it comes to like Instagram and Facebook and all that fun stuff. So still working on all that stuff, but I've got some of the infrastructure in place so that when people, if they have interest in learning more about what we do and how we do it, we have that kind of infrastructure kind of set up already. How do you stay top of mind with your investors? So my kind of core, I also am not a blast and hope kind of capital raiser or investor relations, meaning that I don't have a massive database of thousands of people that have just somehow got into my ecosystem. So I keep my investor database fairly tight and small. And I want to be able to, when I pick up the phone and call people, I want them to know that they have my number saved, right? I want them to know who I am. So a lot of people already know. So by me just texting and talking, they know kind of where I am and who I am. People that I've got to know over the last probably 6, 8, 12 months that are now in my ecosystem, I, we send out a newsletter. Typically, it's every other month. It's obviously send out different podcasts that I'm on. So you know, obviously, this I'm on yours. So once that's live, I will uh, be sending that out to my investors so they know kind of what I'm doing, where I'm at. So that's part of the reason why I'm bringing in a kind of marketing 
consultant or however you want to call it to help me be a little bit more top of mind. There's a million and one syndicators out there. That's one thing I love and don't love about the syndication world. There's low barrier to entry, meaning that there's no special schooling or uh, credentials that you need to be a multifamily syndicator. You just have to have the time and effort to to do it, essentially. So I want to make sure that I can make sure that people know, like, and trust me so that when I do have an opportunity that fits what they're looking for, they're ready to, to pull the trigger and invest. Justin, how has real estate investing impacted your life? And I'm still on my journey, right? I've only been doing this a handful of years. So it's been a situation where when I started in 2020, it was like, oh, crap, what is going on? COVID's happening. We don't know, especially in the multifamily, we don't know what's going on. And then 2021 and first part of 2022 were like the wild, wild west. Everything was selling for over ask by a lot. And there's a lot of competition. So it's a bit of a whirlwind. And obviously, now we're recording this in late February 23 with high interest rates and potential recession, high inflation, all that fun stuff. So pricing is still a little bit all over the place and sellers are still wanting high prices and buyers are more conservative than probably they've been in the last two years. So how it's impacted my life is it's opened my eyes to a lot of different investing options that are out there that I didn't have exposure to or wasn't aware of when I was just working a W-2. Once you start getting into real estate investing and you start peeling back that onion, there's Airbnb funds, there's debt funds, there's self-storage, mobile home parks. There's so many different things you can invest in. I'm almost having the chase of shiny object syndrome now from an investor perspective because I have more capital to invest than I had three years ago. So I'm just trying to make sure that I'm not just chasing the shiny object and finding things that I need. But above and beyond just the people that I've met, I don't think I've met somebody in multifamily that hasn't been awesome to talk to. You know, we're all competitors in some respect, whether we're all looking for deals in the same markets or we're trying to raise capital, we're all pseudo competitors. But I think everybody that, that I've talked to has been super helpful, super wanting to partner and build relationships. So it hasn't changed my life financially yet. But the nice thing about real estate is it a long game. And it's once you start to get some of these deals that come full circle and sell, like we just had our first deal go full circle a few months ago. And we only invested in it for six or 18 months, less than two years. And it was like a 1.8% multiplier. So we targeted 2x on our on five-year plan and it did 1.8x on two years. So that's a pretty awesome return on investment. And I didn't do anything for that deal. I just invested my money and collected paychecks. So that's the best part. So I would say it's really opened my eyes to a lot of different investing options. It's met, I've been able to meet a lot of good people but I'm in the first inning of my journey. This is kind of where I want to transition my focus. I sold my recruiting business. I love doing that. I love helping people find jobs and companies find people. But the real estate game is kind of a passion project for me right now and will be for a long time. And what is the one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? Well, I guess the thing I really wish is I wish I would have started earlier. Yeah, I wish I would have uh, went to college or maybe just uh, didn't go to college and started investing in real estate at that point. But obviously, I didn't have the capital to do that the way that I'm doing it now. But I think the thing I wish I knew when I started is network more. Like I'm an introvert by nature. So the thing that I realized right away, but I never took it, haven't taken advantage of or didn't take advantage of, at least not in, in the fullest extent of the beginning is building your network and really finding people that you want to work with, because this is a team sport. Unless you're really wealthy and really experienced, 
you can't or, or don't take down 100 plus unit, 200 unit apartment complexes all by yourself. You have to work with people. And that's one of the fun parts is I've met a lot of cool people in this journey and they found the deal and I helped bring some capital. And so we're in this in that investment together. It's super fun. I just wish I would have networked more in the beginning. It was a little more difficult because it was COVID and everything was shut down. But And also in-person networking is, in my mind, I don't mind Zoom stuff, but it's really hard to build a really strong relationship over the internet unless you do it a lot. But yeah, I think if I would have networked a little bit more in the beginning, that's something I'm working on now too, is getting out more events and things like that. And what is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing? I think people just go after it. I think I've seen some people on LinkedIn that I follow and some of the success that you can have if you align yourself with the right partners and you have the right mindset, sky's the limit for real estate investing. And that's kind of par for the course, I guess, for any kind of entrepreneurial venture that you go after is just take massive action and set bigger goals than what you think. You may not achieve those goals, but you set you want to acquire a thousand units this year and you acquire 600, that's better than saying, I want to acquire 600 and you acquired 300, right? So set bigger goals and just kind of go after them. And again, line yourself with people that are marching down the same path that you are, because it's much more fun to go down the path together than to try to figure it out yourself. Dustin, where's the best place that our listeners can find out more about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm all over LinkedIn. I've built a pretty big network on LinkedIn for my recruiting days and, and still are pretty active on there. So just check out my LinkedIn profile. If you want to check out our real estate investing website, it's greatventurecapital.com. And my email for that is just justin at greatventurecapital.com. Those are probably the best ways to catch me. Awesome. Justin, thank you so much for all of your time today. Yeah, no, this was super fun. I'm glad we were able to do this. This is awesome. Thank you. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, Check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sale and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.